You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Pacers fans, welcome into this Friday edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast. As always, I am one of your co-hosts, Tony East, with the West Indianapolis Community News and over at 8.9 seconds. Today, we are going to talk about the last game the Pacers have during this week regular weekdays period against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, the Celtics game Sunday, we will not do an individual preview for, but we will recap it next week on uh, the Tony and Adam show. Um, but I, I got to say, I'm really excited for this episode because I get to talk about the Atlanta Hawks. Just kidding. I hate talking about the Hawks, but I am excited because it's the last time I have to do it all season. I think the Hawks are so boring to talk about. Uh, and the Pacers played them three times in two weeks. So I had to say Hawks a million times and talk about the exact same things for you guys over and over and over again for the span of two weeks. And I guess besides a little bit of recap next week, I don't have to talk much more about the Hawks. And I got to say, I could not be more excited to be done. But I do want to preview this game. I do want to talk a little bit about uh, more about that Jazz game and how uh, I would like and how Darren Collison's going to come and help in games like that Jazz game. Uh, but I think I'm going to jump right into the Hawks preview first, uh, just because it kind of all ties in together, uh, because Collison has been n- named questionable. So uh, Collison is questionable for this game. He might start, he might not. I actually think they're going to hold him out until the Boston game, because I think they can beat the Hawks without him. Um, and I think they know that, but we'll see what actually happens. He was questionable. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson report or, uh, was the first to get that one. But everybody talked to Nate about it at practice Thursday. I was unfortunately unable to go, but uh, it sounds like he's progressing pretty well and might have an opportunity to play, so we'll see what happens. Um, but the Hawks, since defeating the Pacers in what was probably the most disappointing loss of the year for the Pacers, I've gone 1-2. and two. They beat the Suns by 1 and then lost to Golden State by only 5 and then got smoked uh, by Toronto in at home. So they still uh, kind of stink. They are 12th in pace, 26th in offense, 24th in defense. They really don't have an expertise or anything that they do uh, particularly well. The fact that they were able to even beat the Pacers in that last game was just uh, unbelievable. You know, uh, To be fair, I think Mike Budenholzer is a really good head coach. And I know before the year, it's the guys that dunked on. Danny Lear was talking about how there's a chance that the Hawks just scrape out a few wins just because Bud is such a good coach that that might happen, and I kind of think, beyond, well, besides just getting blown out for two quarters of that that game, you know, I think Bud coached a good game. Uh, in the first quarter, he really rode the hot hand, if you'll recall. Torian Prince uh, was snagging boards left and right. He was running the pick and roll out of nowhere. Like, somehow Torian Prince became a really good ball handler uh, against the Pacers for a quarter, which was something else. And I actually talked about that with Adam, if you remember before that game, that, you know, one of the things – or one of our butchers was Prince because, you know, you know what you're going to get against you from Schroeder and Bazemore. And the Pacers do a really good job of shutting down Schroeder. I'll talk about that in a second. But Torian Prince is kind of a wild card because if he has a good a game where he can kind of facilitate his own and uh, his own offense and uh, other guys' offense, you know, he's a really effective player because he's able to kind of stretch the floor. He shot 60% in that game. Uh, and he's a solid wing defender. So he's kind of stagnated in his development because he's so variable. But uh, when he's on the high end of his variability, he's, he can be an effective wing player. And that's exactly what he was in the first quarter of that last game. So that's something to keep an eye on is, is how do they adjust to that uh, pick, the pick and pop and roll that he was running with uh, 
John Collins was more the role guy, and Dwayne Dedman was more the pop guy. But just seeing what they can do with that. Um, and if you'll remember, uh, I don't remember if this was an exact correlation, but Torian Prince had three assists and Dwayne Dedman had three threes. So, uh, you know, they love the pop with Dedman. He's uh, finally coming in as a three-point shooter and adapted to the modern NBA. So he's able to pull Turner away from the rim, and that let Turner or Turner that let Torian Prince get to the rim uh, whenever he wanted. So that's something to keep an eye on, is if they try to make any adjustments on that front. Um, and I don't think they will. I don't think they'll have Turner hedge any farther down just because they don't want to get beat by Deadman again. I think they'll just think that Bogdanovich can adjust to stopping Prince. And Prince didn't even shoot that over the field the rest of the game. It's just that first quarter, but you know the game changes completely when you're playing from behind. So uh, Torian Prince is a guy that I keep an eye on for the volatility of the Pacers potentially losing this game. Uh, the Pacers have done a really nice job on Schroeder every game they've played this year. I don't think he shot over 50% once. Last time he was 4 for 13, which is only 30%. Uh, and he, and he uh, turned it over three times. So all he's done well against the Pacers is get steals. He's so quick. Uh, German lightning in his veins. He's just so quick. Um, he's not the best defender, but he knows how to jump into a passing lane. But, what you know, that's what you got to watch out for with him is if you see Schroeder kind of cheating, maybe pump fake and go for a back cut or something like that. But they seem to know how to stop him. And if Joseph does start again, I think they will have no trouble keeping him off. They know how to stop these fast guys, just flush him into the paint so the bigger guys can deter their shots. And Schroeder's not going to kill you from three anyway, so no big deal there. Uh, Kent Bazemore is the other guy, like Schroeder, who actually is kind of consistent. Uh, he's a quality player. If he wasn't paid so much, he'd actually fit nicely on this Pacers roster. But um, he was over four from three. They actually did a good job on him, too, in that last game. But uh, he made all of his two-pointers and, and is just a reliable defender. And if he's hitting his three, he's a dangerous player. He can kind of stretch the floor and dribble a bit. So he's just he's kind of an effective guy, just does the little things well. Um, but just be on the lookout for him on the wing. I think Oladipo will be on him again. So he might, he might, not, uh, he might have trouble getting going, but... You know, he's a, he's a quality guy who can stretch the floor and create a little bit, um, especially with Schroeder off. So with him, I, I'm mostly worried about his defense just because he's a solid wing defender. But uh, just on the overall, if they can hold Baysmore down at six points again, I think they'll be happy with that. Uh, so like like I said, they, they, they know what they're doing on Schroeder and Baysmore, uh, but Prince is the volatile guy. And I guess Deadman too, if he doesn't go three for three from deep, that, that whole game has changed. And then... Mike Muscala was a plus 10 last time. Uh, he was a beast with eight rebounds, which was the second best in the Hawks. So uh, that's something they'd like to fix, too, is, is keeping them off the glass. I think they lost the rebounding battle 49-43. Uh, yep, so that's something they'd like to change, too. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how it goes. You know, the Hawks are getting creative with some offensive sets with some of these younger guys, and, you know, that... That allows them to, to get some open looks. You know, Bud's a good coach, so maybe maybe just the creativity is a lot for the Pacers to handle. But they won't have changed too much in uh, the two weeks since they last played. Uh, the Hawks' injury report is once again lengthy. DeAndre Bembry uh, has missed the last five games with an abdominal strain. He's still uncertain if he'll play. Tyler Cavanaugh, sprained ankle, will not play. Antonius Cleveland, one of their two-way guys. Um Hurt his left ankle, probably is not going to play. Malcolm Delaney uh, has a left ankle sprain. He's uncertain. So laundry list of injuries for them again. So you might see uh, their two-way Andrew White guy. Shout out to Adams Syracuse Orange. And maybe you'll see Jalen Morris, who they signed to, I believe, a rest of the season deal, um, who actually played, I think, his first ever NBA game last time against the Pacers. In 11 minutes, he only had two points. 
he's not a very good player at all. But he came from a D2 school, so it's cool to see him play in the NBA. But that's just random. He's just kind of an athletic wing who um, they're hoping can be a shooter because then he'll stick. But Delaney uh, played 11 minutes last time, so you know that just shows that they have injuries in their rotation that actually matter, not just <laughs> uh, nobodies. So who knows what uh, well you'll get from the Hawks. You'll just get creativity from not the best level of players, um, but the creativity is what you don't know what you're, what's coming your way. I think if they can keep uh, Prince from getting hot again, uh, it's really just going to be about winning the rebounding battle in this one because if they have more possessions than, than the Hawks, they should have no trouble closing this one out at home. I predict they'll win by you know 10 or 15. I think they want to win, too, after losing that last one in Atlanta. So it would be nice to uh, get one back after getting thumped by the Jazz, too. But I think a good transition here is, is the Collison talk. It fits right in perfectly, too. Uh, just so happens that he might play in this game. He's questionable after missing uh, basically a month now. Um, so, uh, shout out to IP basketball here for tweeting this, but this is, he phrased it well. So it makes it easier for me to say this. He said that Collison's impact on offense is greater than Corey Joseph's impact on defense. And I totally agree. Um, you know, Joseph's defensive impact is huge and is, and is massive in, in certain situations. And Corey Joseph's a guy I love having on the team, but Collison's offensive impact has been huge this year. You know, we've talked about his on-off splits with the three-point shooting uh, kind of ad nauseum recently. And that's just because it's so huge. And he initiates the offense by always be hitting that first pass at the right time. And, you know, when they have it back, I think he's really going to help Oladipo a lot. I think he's really going to help um, Bogdanovich even more and Turner out. So I think he'll be just massive for the offense. And putting Corey back with the second unit where, you know, Lance can create a little bit. It, does, it takes away some of Joe Young's minutes, who, which have been really bad recently. And I know it sounds weird to say let Lance create more when he's been stinking it up, but he'll be more in his role, I think, with playing alongside Joseph than anyone else. So I think it'll really just help everybody when Carlson gets back. Um, but I don't think that will be in this Hawks game, just uh, a gut feeling that it'll be one more. But, it, you know, we've it's been discussed on Twitter. Uh, you should just, just be on Twitter if you're not on Twitter. I'm not even saying that, that you should follow us, even though you should. Um, but just in general, everyone on Pacers Twitter is, is smart and, and says things that you need to listen to. Um, but, yeah, that you know, Collison's impact on offense is massive, and especially between spacing the floor and just being the best general the team has. You know, when he's back, I think that's going to be huge for the team. And it would have been huge in the Jazz game, which is a – a lackluster transition, unfortunately, but, um, you know, what the Jazz did is kind of, to me, the game plan that teams are going to have against the Pacers in the playoffs, uh, which is the Pacers have shot obscenely well from the mid-range this year. I think they lead the league at like 44% or something like that, um, which is good to lead the league in shooting percentage from a distance, but 44% on two-point shots is bad, efficiency-wise. So in a playoff game, teams are just going to bait the Pacers into those in mid-rangers the whole game and they took a ton against the jazz something like 30 or 35 of them uh you know they, they'd get by the the first man or something and then rudy gobert would kind of hedge out and they would force up a mid-ranger to not have to go at gobert and they'd miss and then you know next time they would try to shoot a pull up three really quick so they wouldn't have to do the mid-ranger and they'd miss that and you know that the game plan is to make the pacers uncomfortable at the rim and from three and the jazz showed how you do it is you know the high hedging on the pick and rolls and 
you know, make, meeting guys in the lane, so they're deterred from going to the rim. And, you know, they, they kept the ball movement down by it with their hard closeouts, things like that. And it worked really well. They only scored 84 points. You know, Oladipo couldn't get anything going. Only Turner could. And they fed him a fair amount. He had 14 shots, which was the second most on the team. So, I mean... It's great that they're finally feeding him more. It would have been nice to see a little, even more, because he was killing it. But anyway, um, that's going to be the game plan to beat the Pacers in the playoffs. So if they gotta, they gotta figure out a solution to uh, to that. And to me, it's just a, a, you know like a Spain pick and roll. Uh, for those of you that don't know what that is, it's basically um, after the pick and roll happens at the top of the, this would be good with with Turner and Sabonis on the floor. So after a pick and roll happens. Uh, someone comes into the lane and screens the the roll man's defender. So if there's a switch now, he's stuck getting screened. Uh, now there's like a, basically another pick and roll happening at the basket. Um, or if there's no switch, then all of a sudden this guy scrambling to keep up with the guard is cut off by another screener. So it's just another. It just adds another screen. If you look it up, it's it's really it, it's a lot easier to understand. And another thing they could do too is just. After Turner screens the guard, he just runs down and screens his own man, Gobert, so Gobert can't get around him if they don't switch. And they didn't switch a lot because they liked having Gobert on a big. Um, but, it, you know, Nate will get creative. He he seems to find a way sometimes. He's been good this year about that kind of situational stuff. Um, but I think it'll be about making sure they don't take too many mid-rangers in there, you know, getting their flare screen game on and, and really attacking hard at any chance they can pull, you know, any the opposing big away from the rim. But that's not something to worry about in this Hawks game. John Collins is a rookie who defends the room. He's not very good at it. Deadman can't defend the room at all. Muscala can't really either. So I think the Pacers will have no trouble against the Hawks. And finally, next week, I think I'll never have to say Hawks again this year or say uh, Tyler Dorsey's name. So can't wait for that. Um, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Locked On Pacers podcast. As always, you can follow me at T East NBA. The podcast is at Locked On Pacers. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday.